Welcome back. You're in for a good one today. This was the last live internet talk show we did in 2021. And I very specifically chose Amber Khan for this episode because A, she's killing it on LinkedIn. She is amazing at networking within communities. And she works with evangelists and thought leaders to get their message out, to help them put the right content out about the stuff that they care about. And that's what it makes me think of you. You clearly care about what you do. You clearly care about the problem that you solve. You clearly have built the company that you, the product that you really want to offer in the world that really needs. But we always are making kind of the wrong content and we see the same mistakes over and over again. And Amber Khan, this is the problem that she solves. So this is a great conversation about how to go about that. A couple of exciting things coming up. We are about to release three pre-recorded conversations that are about how to implement this methodology yourself, how to build compelling companies companies around the narrative yourself, how to tell your story yourself with Perry Brill, Rhea Ross from BombBomb, and Nathan Kettler, who is the alchemist of awesome. You're going to love that. But coming up in two weeks is the first live internet talk show of the B2B Community Builder Show in 2022. We're going to talk about the fact that mid-size and small-size companies in America right now are dying. This Harvard Business Review article just came out. It's some really dire stuff. And my partner Isar and I have some really insightful recommendations and some tactical things that you can do to mitigate this stuff that came out in this article. So, Connect with me on LinkedIn so that you get invited to the live show. Be a part of it. It will come out on the podcast a couple of weeks later, but I want you to be part of the conversation. It's on the last Monday in January, 4.30 p.m. Hope to see you there. For now, enjoy this show with Amber Khan. See ya. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development.
Let's go. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the B2B Community Builder Show. I'm your host, the Chief Executive Connector, Pablo Gonzalez. And today we have a friend of mine from the Peak community that if you are on LinkedIn, you can't miss her because she is everywhere. She is connecting people. She's repurposing content. She's amplifying brand missions, working with thought leaders. She has an incredible entrepreneurial story of how she got here today that is absolutely fascinating. She's the CEO of Amplifyology. She's a below average chess player, self-admittedly. And joining us is Amber Khan. Welcome, Amber. Thank you for that very humbling <laughs> introduction. I am none of that, actually. <laughs> you have been too nice, <laughs> too oh, kind. Oh, get out of here! Get out of here, Amber. I, I, I think, I think I'm doing just good. Like I've, I, this has been an awesome. You know, we we cross paths in peak community early because you're all over it, right? Like I'm all over it. Kaleem's all over it, and and I think this has been a really, really long time coming, <laughs> and. Before we hop in, I got a little tradition. It's called the roll call. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. All right. So roll call. Welcome, David Lee, out of the show. Welcome, Don Bates, somebody that connected with me through you, right? One of your clients, Don, working on some heavy stuff out there. We're going to talk about her. Jen Filson, who's the fairy godmother of another community that I manage, an awesome writer. Jessica Lally, welcome to the show. Kaleem Al, the marketing philosopher himself. Lauren (laughs) Amen, my buddy from the Badass Business Summit. Will Dukes, who's my facilitator in Leadership Miami program. Thank you. We got seven folks with us on the show right now. I really appreciate you taking any kind of time to hang out with us here today. So I want you to get the most out of the show, which means interact. We already got people hanging out in the chat, which is great, right? Meet somebody in the chat. Make sure that you change it from hosts and panelists so that only us see it to everyone so everybody can see it. I want you interacting in there, adding value. We'll call on it every once in a while. And if you want a question asked live on the show, you want us to work up workshop an issue. I get something I can, you know, pick Amber's brilliant mind here. Let me be your, just put it in the Q and a, that's the easiest thing so that it stays in front of my face. And uh, let's get going with this. Amber, when we connected to me, the, I'm in the content space, right? Like I put a ton of stuff out there too. It's really easy to identify when someone's putting out a lot of things mm-hmm. and when someone is has a problem that they're solving for, has a methodology that they're evangelizing. They've got a mission that they're amplifying. So I really wanted to pick your brain about what is the difference between people that are out there just building a commodity brand and people that are amplifying a mission? What is the difference between what you're espousing and what I see everywhere else that just doesn't resonate with me? What are you doing differently? I think this was one of my early lessons into entrepreneurship, probably because that was the the time that I was coming into entrepreneurship was right about the time, well, you know, when um, Amazon and eBay, they all started and we, we, we were starting to discover online business, online marketing. I, I mean, I, I couldn't even believe that you could sell things online when I saw eBay and I was like, what? What is this? You can sell things online. But I, I mean, we saw the introduction of, content, content being used to, to not only create brand awareness, where at that time of you know, the first 10 years were all, were all about brand awareness, right? But now as we move into 2022 and beyond, we know that there is already too much information out there. There's already so much content out there. So it's not just about uh, creating content to create brand awareness for your business, because it's probably that content will probably be lost, 
will probably get lost somewhere in the interest sphere unless you are already a huge existing established brand and and which would mean that you're playing you're playing the same game as everybody else so there's nothing nothing that makes you different or stand out from 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 the competition and i believe especially now going forward that the best way and the most impactful way for brands uh, to stand out is through amplifying their thought leadership their ideas their their purpose their their big problem that they are trying to solve because it it that unites people right it brings people together who also can relate to either that purpose that mission of yours or maybe that problem that you're trying to solve but it's a much i would say a more relevant way to bring people clo- closer together to uh, and build momentum and ignite your brand than just sharing any and everything on the internet and hoping something will stick i think those days are gone they used to work maybe 10 years ago but not anymore so if i'm a if i'm a brand be it a company or i'm a just a person that is head of business development or I'm a marketer or you know whatever maybe I'm I'm just a or I'm a customer success person that's really into into what my what my company's doing how do I pick out the difference between what my product does and this big problem that I'm trying to solve like right like what's the what what is the content that I want to be putting out there how do I how do I decide on what to put out there well uh, i mean there's uh, quite a few things we have to keep in mind here because i mean if you're working for a fortune 500 for example you're a product manager there we know that there is a, like a huge red tape you have to get through before you're even able to share content right so there are a lot of restrictions you may have to first deal with before you can actually before you actually a lot of them still don't have a free hand at sharing content i believe i don't know recently which company was it amazon or some, i saw a couple of days ago they were um, fined for letting their employees share content through their personal profiles uh, i'm sure it was one of the big companies i can't remember you know some big well, fine let, let's big. let's get beyond that right like yeah. i i think i think there is yeah that's that's a that's a mistake clearly yeah. right like i i look at the the entire finance industry and just not allowing their people to you know like if you work for northwestern mutual or other of these big banks you're just like not allowed to share information they're terrified to post content there's other kind of like scarcity mindset companies that don't allow you to build a personal brand but like let's say you are let's say you work for a company that wants you to put it out there right like yeah. let's how do you how how do we how do we work through that piece because we can rail on the other one all day yeah 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 i would yeah. absolutely start with, with with the values and mission of the of the company or the brand itself then then going straight in with the product however unique that product may be right we we know that there there will always be a better a faster version out there for it if not now then soon enough there will be so if we are just competing on having a better or unique product just because it's quicker faster or it's got some new extra features uh, that others don't we may be able to to sort of stand out with it for a little t- um, bit of time but obviously we know that that's not going to last forever and brands these days we know how how quickly development and progress is happening especially in the tech space even if you're not in the tech space it's happening very quickly which means that if we still hold on to those old habits it firstly it will not help you amplify 
your brand the way you want to and create movement the way you want to. And secondly, it is po- very possible that your, your brand may die sooner than later. So f- for those reasons, I believe that you start with your brand's mission and value. And, and, and anything you share, I believe that any content you create, whether it's you creating for your internal comms, internal teams, whether you're creating for your um, prospects, whether you're creating it for your existing customers, each content has to have that's the same mission and value you started off with as, as the core idea behind it, right? So, um, for example, I was just reading about one of the eco-friendly fashion companies and what they're doing, what they did for Black Friday was they, they instead of saying we have 50% off for Black Friday sale, they, they said, well, we're actually turning all online sales off online. So we've, our offline shop is open and you can come in and have a 15 minute, minute spa break. So no sales, nothing right now. now it, but, but why? Why? Because it aligned with their values and mission of looking after their customers and, 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 and producing, giving them a better uh, product and experience. Right. And they continued with it, with a different piece of content in a different scenario, but the, the, the core message remained the same. So I'm hearing don't don't go nuts about your features and mm-hmm. the different, you know, that's that short term, but the mission and the vision of the company and they're like the core values of the company yeah. is is a longer term play to to build brand affinity. Why do you think that is? Like why do you think that why do you think that that resonates so much? I I I think it's important that you keep it you you stay consistent with it. Because that's how people will believe believe that it's just not lip service, what you're doing, that you actually believe in what you're saying and you action it, right? It has to stay consistent. You can't just say, okay, that, you know, we're doing what we're doing, but hey, oh, here's a thousand pound check to feed the poor, you know, once in a while. And, and the rest of the content doesn't speak to those values that you talk about, right? It, it's If the consistency isn't there, sooner or later, consumer will catch you out on it. And it's it will happen way sooner now than it probably did, you know, a decade or tw- two decades ago. It will happen way quicker, way sooner, and you'll be caught out. So I, I, I believe that staying consistent with your values and mission in, in what, and whatever kind of content you create or produce or thought leadership you produce for your brand is the is the key to keeping not only just gaining new customers but keeping those customers for you know long term time yeah yeah you're hitting on a couple of things that i think are very very present in today's day and age which is this idea that lifetime value is the new mm. is, is the new client acquisition, right? Like yeah, incre- yeah, increasing yeah. your relationship for a longer time because it's yeah. it's so hard to acquire a client that you might as well just devote your resources into a long term relationship with Absolutely. people, and that it's such a loud ecosystem out there that if you're not showing up and you're not being consistent, somebody else is going to show up and kind of take that mantle from you, right? Like we were yeah. we were just talking before the show of how I don't really you know, I don't really come from the world of marketing, right? Like all of my, all of my ideas come from creating these like young professional groups for charities. And then what I was applying in order to recruit 28 year olds to volunteer is what I, what I apply to, 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 to branding, but within it, to me, what I learned with branding is 
that my way of branding myself had nothing to do with graphic design or features mm. or anything like that. Mm. It had to do with how often am I showing up in the rooms of the people that I care about? How often mm. am I in that room? And mm. what is the impression I make every single time yeah. I'm in that room? Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like, it's like this factor of just like, how often do you see me? And what, how do I make you feel every time I, every time you see me? Yeah. And it sounds like a feature isn't going to make me feel anything that's pretty forgettable, but you know, when I was showing up in these rooms, I was talking about, I, it was my first company was a green building consulting company. So I was showing up to these rooms in Miami saying, Miami is going to be the sacrificial land for sea level rise. And I'm here to solve for sea level rise. Hmm. Right. And that, that got people to, to be like, Oh, I want to, I want to pay attention to what this dude's doing. Cause I believe, yeah. right. Like how do you do that in today's day and age? Right. Like I'm, I'm talking about networking, just one one. Yeah. like, how do you do this now on a marketing scale and how you're helping out thought leaders? I, I think you start with building integral relationships. You know that it all it it all comes down to. I think uh, Don in the comments hit on that as well. That without integrity, we have nothing. Absolutely true in everything we do, and especially when it comes to building relationships, be it in business or in life, it's the same. But especially in business, we know that uh, what we were talking about that focusing on on uh, the integral relationships rather than hoping for everybody to become our, our customers is, is where the key lies because that's where we'll be able to make the most impact. And the bigger the impact we know, you know, the bigger the movement we can create and, and the bigger the brand grows. But also it's when your brand starts to come up in conversations. It happens right there and then when, when, you, when there is integrity and the brand is when it starts to come up in conversations, come up in conversations in the rooms. So you were talking about and uh, be it online and social media, but it will start to come up in conversations where you're not even present. You know? mm. So what is you, you said this term integral relationship? What does that mean? I think for me, it's 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 about not only working with people who share whom you share the values the same uh, set of values with mm -hmm. but also the drive to make a difference mm -hmm. you know to change makers to and of course this I'm talking about my personal values for everybody else it may be the same but but the point being the integral relationships are people who, who you believe your values align with and, and and believe that working together will help everybody amplify, amplify the message and amplify the impact that it can make because we all want to help as many people as possible, right? But the way we can do it is through these collaborations by, by building up on those integral relationships rather than going on our own, right? Thinking, okay, I'll stand on my own and do this all by myself. I, it's not really possible. Okay. So now you're as, as you explained that, my mind is going to two places. One is the concept of a super consumer. Are you familiar with Eddie Yoon's book and super consumers or do you read? I, I've, I've heard of Eddie. I mean, I've seen some of his work, but I've not read his book now. Yeah. So there is, um, he focuses his work on the concept of super consumers, which is essentially the people that are most aligned with you, that most believe in what you're doing, that are most motivated to act are your super consumers, mm. right? And if you fully focus on that segment of your clientele, meaning interact with them as much as possible, collaborate with them as much as possible, market to them and, 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 and sell to them as much as possible, it leads to these other really, really great things because 
the super consumer of one thing is a super consumer of nine things, right? So if you're serving them in this one way, there's eight other ways that you can serve them that can, again, amplify what you're doing with them that leads to more LTV, that leads to more consumer insights of how to serve others and find others like that. And it also goes to the concept that this podcast is based around the concept of community, right? Like you, to me, you're basically saying, identify your super consumers, your integral, the the integral relationships, and then go as hard as possible as creating collaborations with them to build community. Is that kind of where you're at? Yeah, absolutely. And it not only helps your brand, because like you said, when 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 you are integral with your customers, so not only do they come back to you for to buy more and more product or services with you, but they also recommend you to others, right? And and you can also recommend others to your clients. So this way, the, the community, what you said, the network expands, right? The network expands and the more people we can impact. And at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, how many lives can we impact in, in a positive way? And this is sort of an organic way of building that momentum to drive the impact that we want to create in this world. And everybody has their own vision and mission, whatever that may be, but it's it's sort of an organic way of making that happen. Do you get pushback on this stuff of how you how you measure these things that you're talking about? This like not talking about features, like how do you, how do you measure this like impact of amplifying your mission versus versus features? You know, um, I used to think uh, like I, you know, because that's how you know that's what everybody was talking about. I have to have these many testimonials. I have to have these many case studies, and that's how I tell people, you know, how good I am at this, or how, how why you should be working with me, and all those things matter. Of course, it's good to have those things, but what I, I realized was that I was missing the key ingredient, and now that's the only thing I talk about is the impact that our work is making not only in our clients' lives, but through through other nonprofit organizations we work with. Um, because that that proves, you know, that not only proves to them, but but it shows us that what we're doing is worth doing. You know, it is worth doing it. Do not give up on it. You know, do not give up when it's when it's hard times or when when some uh, difficulty um, arises. Uh, so it, it's sort of it's a good motivator as well it, to yeah. keep going and to know that it's not just us, my family or employees dependent on it, but there's so many others whose lives are impacted by it. So, I, you know, I, I now I feel like that's a better way to sort of enroll people in your in your circle, in your network, rather than, I don't know, talking about other things, which you yeah. can. Sometimes yeah. they work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, now, now as you're speaking, it it pulls me into kind of what happened to us today, right? Like actually Jen, Jen, who's on this call right now, she was a part of this, but my team, we got a team of, we got a team of nine Hmm. and three of them have had a really, really tough, a tough go this last week, right? Like one lost a father and two of them are in the Philippines. They got rocked by this like super cyclone that just hit the Philippines that most of the U S has no idea about. Right. And they've lost power and they're, you know, they're like in dire circumstances, but they've all three of them, they made the effort to show up today, either to our team meetup or to, or like checked in with us on our channels to show this like sense of gratitude that they are being, you know, of, of the influence that our company has on their life, right? Like by our company, I mean, the people that we've surrounded them with and the, the fact that we're supporting them in a certain way financially and also emotionally and people caring about them and whatnot. 
and it goes to it goes right to the center of everything I believe in, which is I think what you're saying that this idea that impact is the most important thing and and giving people giving people a sense of community during hard yeah. times is the greatest impact that you can give them right like yeah. and 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 to me i I started off this journey with this like client acquisition community thing, and now. I'm just like, nah, man, employees community thing, right? Like that is the way that you really expand your impact and whatnot. So as you're speaking, I'm thinking that this brand amplification concept that you're talking about isn't a, isn't just like a, how do I sell more widgets? Mm. It's how do I attract better talent? It's yeah. how do I, how do I make people around me happier? Yeah. Right? Like, is that what, Absolutely. is that what you're experiencing? Absolutely. That's why I said that it, it's not, it doesn't just, it's not just about marketing, but it uh, it it's it's um, you can apply this to your to your life as well. Forget business; you can apply yeah. this to to your life as well. To you to your real life relationships, the the, the network you build around that. But in, in for business, you can do it do this for your um, internal team networks, your global team networks, um, as well as your your customer base and, and your suppliers, everybody, because. The whole idea is that, you know, that, that we want to be seen how we're saying we we are, what we are saying we are, right? So you want to stay consistent with that image, not and not just because I for the image sake, you know, because then you're gonna get caught out as well at some point if you're just doing it for I don't know, for like Kardashian reasons. <laughs> That's what I say. But but it will show your the real impact shows up, right? It shows up in many, many ways in your life. And, 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 and by that, I mean, not just about supporting charities financially or ch- supporting a cause, but in any way, helping out your employees in, in difficult times, your neighbors, families, it shows up. It shows up in your life in ways you had never thought, you know, the, the difficulty eases. Sometimes you're in difficulty and it eases very quickly you know, without, you know, without us realizing how did it actually happen? I thought this, you know, this would be a nightmare to get through, but it's because it's because of the other um, things that we're doing in life with integrity, right? The intention has to be right. If the intention is, is not right, you know, you can do a gazillion things, gazillion ways, eventually you'll be caught up, right? But but done with right intention is, 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 it um, makes the foundation strong basically for whatever, whether it's business or life decisions you're making. hundred percent, hundred percent. That makes me think of our, our boy, Gary V. I was, I was watching his, yeah. his Instagram today and he was talking about how, like, you know, he's got this book out now. That's all about giving and, and being the, 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 the bigger person. And, and people are hitting him up saying, no, but I give so much. And people just walk all over me. He's like, first of all, it yeah. sounds to me like you're giving just to receive something and that yeah, by default yeah. is wrong, right? Like it's gotta, yeah. the intention has to be right. Yeah. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm gonna have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you wanna be a part of my life in, connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. 
hit five star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. And speaking of someone that's creating a big impact, so we got Dawn here and we were having a a chat on LinkedIn about what she's doing. I'd love to have her bring on because she's got a, she's got a question. You ready for, for some live back and forth here? Yeah. I love Dawn. Yeah. (laughs) Let's bring on Dawn. All right. So we're bringing Dawn. I just promoted her to panelists and I'll kind of pre-frame this, right? Dawn, Dawn reached out to me and she said that she deals with some really heavy topics, Mm. right? So very heavy. Um, she has some questions <laughs> on how to how to walk the line in, in, in amplifying and what to amplify. Don, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. How are you all? Great, great. Good to see you, Don. <laughs> I know. It's been ages. I I'm know. coming out of hiding. <laughs> I'm coming out of hiding. Good, good. <laughs> uh, all right, Don. Yeah. Do you want do you want to ask your question, Don? Yeah, well, as I've just pulled it up, I was like, oh, quick, what, what was the question? I asked so many. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the things that I, I was actually talking to Kaleem about this this morning, as uh, I think it was Kaleem. Yeah, I'm sh- pretty sure it's Kaleem. I've had so many conversations. Um, but as somebody who is not only an author, coach, and a publisher, but also what well, Amber calls me a machine. I mean, I write on about 11,000 to 15,000 words a day when I'm writing a book, and I've got about 16 to my name now. But when you're talking with people, you have to write the books, because my, my audience is split. So I've got my readers that I need to bring on. Then I've got the people that are writing the books or wanting me to write their biography for them. And it's how we position ourselves. Now, Amber and I have had a bit of back and forth on this as well, because you've got the people that are wanting to read certain books. So like writing books about human rights and social justice, they're not the easiest of books to write. I get they're also not the easiest of books to read. People like the shiny object syndrome. So it's getting that fine balance between marketing to the people who want to read the books and making sure you're in the right networks. Because I know people are not going to go onto Instagram and Facebook or Instafake and fake book, as I like to call them, to buy a book on human rights violations and, you know, social injustices. But if I'm putting my books out there on going to the places where people are buying those books, but again, going to places like BookBubs, people aren't really going to BookBubs to buy books on human rights violations and social justice they want to go and read Jack Reacher and all the other you know books that I can read in a day and then forget that I've read them so with the people that are in that space of marketing to the people that want to buy these books but also the people that are wanting to write them or publish them it, it we have to follow that very fine line and it's like how do we market and brand to both of them to actually bring that in because my cl- my clients that I work with one-to-one, they're easily paying paying five and six figures, but my readers are only paying five and, you know, $5 and $10 or $20. Mm-hmm. And it's bridging that gap. So we're looking at building an academy, but it's, yeah, how do you do that? Because people that write books, they talk about it. Three, 3% of people that say they're going to write a book actually do. Mm-hmm. 1% of that 3% actually publish. And human rights is less than 1% of that 1%. So, you know, the niche, the market is so niche down. Like, people don't like to talk about rape within marriage and FGM and, you know, sex trafficking and things like that. It's, like, it's happening, but I, I, if I don't look at it, it's not going to be there. 
So yeah. there you go. So, yeah. so summary, summary kind of like where we had landed was if you're talking about heavy topics and you have mm-hmm. a, a small kind of like potential buyership, what's the, what is there, you know, how, what's the best way to amplify that Amber? Like, is there, is there kind of like, what's your advice on, on what she should be, how she should approach it? Because, you know, and especially in Dawn's case where your where your market is very niche, you have to be present in those niche communities. And I mean, and Dawn is already, she's got a, you know, you're building one, you've got your own community as well, but that will happen on the side because, you know, we mm-hmm. can that we, that depends on your resources, right? How quickly can you build a community? But while you have that on the side, I think to be present on other niche communities is where you have to be to start those conversations. Now, of course, not all of them are going to, like you said, you know, not all of them are going to come to you to say, you know, I want to write a book, probably 1% or 3%, but at least they are the ones having the right conversations. But not only that, like you said, so, some of them will be the ones who just end up buying your book. They're all interested in the same same topic. We're all talking about human rights, but but some of them may be just readers, uh, and uh, a certain percentage will be the ones who actually want to be thought leaders, not just readers, but they also have a story to share, right? But I th- I think in my personal experience, it 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 only works best for niche. Uh, markets to be present in the niche communities, niche groups, niche forums, and there there are plenty for for each, for a, you know every market. Just like we have one for peak community, like we started with such small numbers. I don't know, we were five, ten. Um, yeah. Still, we are, I don't know how many are we five, six hundred. I, I don't know the total. Yeah. Kalim would Kalim would probably know the number, right? Slowly yeah. growing, but the point being, it's very niche. To, to a topic. Uh, and it has, again, a community w- would have consumers. Some majority of them are just, you know, there to consume content. S- very small number will share their thought leadership and then even a smaller number who will actually end up working with each other. But, but you know, um, it works. It works and it creates more integral relationships. And not only that, you started in a community, but through that, you get introduced to other communities or other clients and other people. So automatically your network starts to expand, even though you started with just one small group of people, but they help you expand. They help you get into other networks. That's the way I see going forward. Yeah. Don, if I can, if I can add to that. So I think, I think what Amber's saying is spot on, right? Like the finding the overlapping, finding the overlapping thing between the exact thing that you're doing in your community and what another community cares about is is kind of magical there, right? Like, and and if you think about that on a grand scale, how do you? I worked with a guy called Brandon Kane. He was my first ever paying client once I went out on my own and started doing marketing things. And he wrote this book, One Million Followers. And one of the and this his next book ended up being called Hook Point, right? Because he believes so much in this Hook Point idea. But what his thesis is, and he grew a million followers in 30 days, and he worked with this like NGO that grew like a million followers in like 15 days and stuff like that. And and part of his thesis is if you can throw a hook point wide enough that affects a large section of people that gets them into the conversation, and then through the conversation, you get them to land what you're to, to the specific niche that you're talking about, right? So his real life example was the organization that he was that he was dealing with was. I think it was like a save the whales, right? But he started he started the ad with a lady coming out of the beach 
with like trash hanging from her, right? Like it was like someone comes out of the beach and they had like a, like one of those like Coke can holder things. And it was like, yuck. Right. And that's one of these things that everybody can viscerally relate to, right? Like being in the beach and having a, a, a plastic bag wrap around your leg is the worst. And so once they started there, that kind of hooked the attention of people. And then as they talked about pollution in the ocean sucks for you, it also sucks for whales. And if whales don't exist, blah, 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 blah. Right. But like, it's this idea of starting with a, with a wider net to bring it in. And I think the key to that is what Amber is saying. It's finding that interlapping, right? Like if your issue is here and another community issue is here, what's the, what's the Venn diagram here in the middle that you can hit on a nerve that everybody cares about? to then start a conversation where it starts to engineer towards human rights, right? Like I, I, I've, I've heard it, by the way, one-to-one, the same example, because I really care about environmentalism, right? Like I'm a fanatical water bottle guy. And, and I've heard the same conversation of human rights is the reason you got to solve for human rights before you can solve for, for climate change, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and people have landed that plane with me, which then makes me care more about you know, women's rights specifically in under in underdeveloped com- countries, because if women don't have rights in underdeveloped countries, then more bad stuff happens that leads to this stuff, right? So kind of thinking around how you can open the tent to start the conversation that then lands somewhere, you know, closer to to where you want the subject to go is is what I've seen works. And also partnerships, joint ventures with, yeah. in Dawn's case, especially with other people who are doing similar work related to human rights. So it could be education for girls and stuff. I mean, there's tons I know of. And, and, and you know, collaborating with them is is a wonderful way of, of amplifying your mission. We're doing and- that at the moment. We've got a book called Putting Menopause on the Map. Yeah, um, and doing working a lot more pathologies because, as you and I have discussed many times, Amber, there are a lot of people that are going after the title of international bestseller or New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. They want the title, but they've got nothing of substance to write about, mm-hmm. or it's they're writing a business book or a self help book, and a lot of people they don't want to review the book because, like you mentioned earlier, they're working for these organisations that won't allow them to promote about something or talk about something. Like I think you mentioned the corporates and Amazon. And so when you've got people that are uh, writing these books, it's one of the reasons why I say amplify your courage mm. because it's about amplifying these successful peoples and these academics to actually start, step out of the academic environment or the, the corporate environment to actually share their passion and to talk about the thing that, that's really important to them so they can change the world. But it, it, I mean, like anthologies are definitely something that we're working on now and we're going to see a lot more of uh, moving forward. John, just just the perfect name has popped up in my head. I'm actually, you will see my post come out in a couple of weeks, mention her as well. Her name is Charmaine Obeth. Charmaine, mm-hmm. Obeth. I, I will turn it to you. Anyway, um, a, a filmmaker, a philanthropist and, you know, doing exact work, kind of work that you, oh my God, you two will get on like house on fire. So she talks about stuff, you know, she's won an Oscar for, for her movie, which she talked about the women who, the woman who was burned for, for, I think her husband burned her because she, you know, she didn't listen to her. Yeah. So you know about all those stories. And so, yeah, you know, so, 
you know, I'm talking about partnering with these kind of people. So, yes, there is only a few of them, a few of us having those conversations, but they do exist. And a lot of them have bigger networks than we do. And and maybe somehow finding a way to partner with them is the way to amplify uh, our voice as well. Cool. There you go. Thanks, Don. Thanks for being part of the show. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. All right. So by the way, as, as we were having that conversation, Amber, so when Don said that it hit me, this whole, like the fact that people are publishing bullshit books just to be bestsellers, that Mm -hmm. to me is a great beginning of that conversation, right? Like, isn't everybody just talking about bullshit to be a bestseller, right? Like people like, Oh yeah. Then it's like, yeah, because for example, I have this issue and you can explain, you know, the importance of the issue because you hooked them in. Right. So like, that's kind of that opening the tent and, and yeah. to you, it's kind of right. Like those, I love the fact that you already have like a perfect recommendation to uh, enable the partnership. That's awesome. All right. So I want to bring in another, another user question. I don't think he showed up today, but Luke Rafferty from follows is trying to build a community of people that self-identify as frontline marketers, right? I think that they are some kind of MarTech product. They want to sell into people that identify as frontline marketers. Sounds kind of like a category design move to me, which I fully love. And, you know, how would you, if you have a term like that, that you're trying to get adopted Mm -hmm. by a community, what, what do you think is, what do you think is the move there? What is the right things to amplify there? It doesn't sound like they're talking features. They want kind of like a, like an idea. Now, I saw a brilliant example of that, which I often share with people, is Russell Brunson. I'm sure you know, you've heard of him, right? Yeah, hard he's to not know that guy. Brilliantly, right? Uh, he's got a community of, I don't know, millions now, right? Probably like, uh, like Gary Vee, he's one of the biggest marketers who have created a good community and movement around their missions, their visions, right? Whatever that may be. In Russell Brunson's case, it was funnels, right? And he and he built a community around funnel hackers, right? And I remember that story that it, it wasn't him or his team who sat together one day and decided, oh, actually, you know what? We, we're going to categorize by calling ourselves uh, funnel hackers, right? It didn't, it didn't just happen like that. It, it was by sharing their vision with their community. And over time, the community came up with, with the term funnel hackers because that's how they identified themselves. That's how they saw what they were doing and the difference they were making. They they saw themselves, we're actually funnel hacking for people. The What we're helping them do is, is so-and-so. And, and that's how the community term became, I don't know, a full-blown uh, movement for them, right? And so it, I, I believe it, it happens as... Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure that maybe Chris Lockhart will, will disagree with me on that, but I believe that it, the community helps you come up with those categorizations. But first, you have to build a community or bring few people together based on what you're trying to achieve and the impact you're trying to make and the, the great problem you're trying to solve. And, and and the next steps happen after after that. I don't believe it happens the other way around, but you know, I'm sure there are people who would disagree with that. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think that's real, right? Like maybe maybe this idea of I want them to self-identify as frontline marketers is um, putting the cart before the horse, right? Like maybe yeah, the first thing yeah. is like, no, 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 find out who these people are and how they want to be referred to, and then you can, you know, figure out what the term is. Maybe it is frontline marketers, maybe it isn't, right? 
Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, maybe it isn't. But I mean, you know, it's like the way I see it is that we think what people want, right? And 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 we and we're like we'll come up with gazillion ideas. There'll probably be hundred terms going through it, and we're like, I know exactly. I know they want to be. They want to do this. They want to call that. And when you actually put it out there, you'll find that you know. You, you don't hear anything, right? It's just it's just crickets. You just hear crickets, right? And it's probably because you didn't give it enough time to be able to understand the philosophical problems of people and, and, and the terminology they use to either define that problem or solve that problem. So, and I believe it, you have to give it time. It happens over time but that the categories um, become a category. Now you are bringing up something else that I think is an underappreciated thing about what you and I do, right? When you're out there chopping up your mission into Mm. small bits of content and putting Mm. it in all sorts of different places, you get the opportunity for feedback, right? Like every every single little post that you make Mm. on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram is an opportunity for somebody to put this in the comments, <laughs> right? Yeah. And or to share it and or to say, oh, that's cool, but I think of it like this, mm-hmm. right? So maybe the idea is not to think, how can I convince them that they're frontline marketers? How can I create a nickname of frontline marketers as much as how can I talk to people that have the problem that we're solving for and make content around this problem to see how they start referring to themselves? Yeah. But it's it comes down to this idea of knowing that they're not going to give you the nickname of how they refer to themselves if they are if you're talking about your features. <laughs> They're going to yeah. give you the nickname of how they refer to themselves if you're talking about like what you care about, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I and you know, people often talk about that you 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 show them this what problem you solve, but you also show them opportunities that they might not even have thought of. Right. I can't remember who it was. I've forgotten his name. But I, you know, a few examples. We, I'm sure all of us have probably have seen this um, in in our daily lives. We come across these things. Uh, Nike sellers. They they do this brilliantly. If you go into the shop and you're you're just you're there for window shopping, right? You're thinking, no, 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 I'm not buying. I've got enough Nike trainers, and I'm not buying another one, right? And 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 the salesperson comes to you, and and then they go, well, do you know that you know the way you're standing is um, is so and so, and you should you know you you should be wearing special running shoes. And we have actually got a test with, that you can do right now, which will show you like if, if your feet are running feet or these feet are, you know, it's called showing opportunities, right? By the time you you finish, you know so much more about your feet and the kind of shoes you should be wearing. And then you probably end up buying another pair of Nike shoes for the specific problem. Point being, before walking into that shop, I didn't even know I had a running shoe problem, right? But now I do. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of twofold, right? One is that's, that's making you feel the problem, but it's also kind of leading with value, right? Like it's not exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Leading with value. So it's not about, it's not about, you know, it's not about selling, selling, selling and making you feel icky and miserable about that. It's, it's, it's giving value, right. And making, 
me also making me more knowledgeable. I felt more knowledgeable after that, right? Mm-hmm. That I, I know a little bit more about my feet <laughs> and, and the way I walk and the way I stand. So it's giving value. Yeah, giving value that results in in enhancing that relationship. And guess what happens afterwards? They've just amplified because I am most likely to go tell my friends about the amazing experience and the new product I've bought and 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 to tell them, go check it out as well. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's relationship building 101, right? Like that's that's why I think it's I feel really lucky that we're entering this age where the friction is gone from number 1 channel to distribution and number 2 technology to create the content because now it really allows us to approach marketing and sales as relationship building, mm. right? Like, because now it's, you know, before it was just like somebody had to pay this much money to get a message in front of you. And now yeah. that, that whether it's, I have to pay this production crew to shoot a commercial or I have to pay the TV station to like run it. Right. Like now it's like, not nah, dog, I got my iPhone and I've got LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. So it, it takes away, it takes away these like false kind of things that forced us into a certain behavior and allows us to adopt just relationship building methods, which is exactly what you're talking about, right? It's like, you got to lead with value in order to, in order to enhance a relationship, right? Like if for whatever reason, anybody that you talk to, the only reason you're going to stick around them is because there is some kind of like co-created value, right? Like we, I had Robin Drake on my podcast, who is this FBI spy catcher, right? And his job was in the U S recruit Russian diplomats that Mm -hmm. to work with the United States government. And there was nothing that he held over them. He had no lever over them. He had no way to threaten them in any way. Yet he was really, really efficient and and successful at mm. recruiting all these people that he had no power over. And he wrote a formula for it. And it was essentially, you need to look for what they care about, mm. validate the things that they care about that you care about, yeah. and chart a path in where both of your priorities intersect and then give him an option, right? Like that was how to recruit a spy. So, you know, and that's just relationship building one-on-one, right? So, so when I hear you saying, it's just like, if you are very focused on a mission and you are finding other people that have the same mission and you can be talking about that stuff and enabling them, you know, that's the way, right. And and you're able to do it all the time through content, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Helping them, helping others achieve their dreams or at least be able to visualize those dreams, you know, goes a long way. And, and, and we can do it through our content. And the more we amplify it, the more we're able to build those um, integral relationships with them. Because of course we there are all sorts of relationships we know right we we there are temporary ones there you know the ones which which where, where, you know where, where people are just scrolling through their feed and and then there are ones which stick by you for years and years to come so it, you know it's about where do you want to focus you know and a lot of people just end up focusing on which Kalim and I talk a lot about um, brand awareness right right at the top they just stay right at the top having those small conversations they put a lot of the their their effort and resources in there and uh, so 80% goes there and there's only 20% left to actually uh be spent on time and money both on real relationships that will make a difference that will help you amplify that will help you create a bigger impact and ignite your brand so we need to like now flip that switch uh, and make it happen the other way around 
Love it. I love it. I totally agree. You know what? So Amber, what, before we, before we get out of here, what are you, what do you care about most, right? Like what can we help you achieve? You know, for me, the reason why I started doing this, because I always saw myself as championing others, even when I didn't know what I was doing, right? I had no clue what I'd end up doing in my life. And I've tried many different things, right? But I always had this in the back of the mind that no matter what I do, I want to champion others through it, through my work, whatever it may be. And it's because I, I feel like when I when I had nothing, there were others who championed me and helped me uh, get where I am today. So it's it's sort of like I I, I have this sort of more moral obligation to to do that for others, uh, and n- not only because I know I, I know what it can do and the impact that it has. Because it's not just me, it's it's the impact is very wide now. My family and extended family. So you know I. I the reason why I want to work with change makers, innovators, and purpose-led leaders, because through them, we champion so many more others. Uh, and, and every client we champion we, at Amplifology, we give 10% towards empowering the voiceless. We call it 10 to 1. Uh, and, and that's what makes it makes makes the our our world go around and makes us want to do what we want to do. And, and not only make us do what we want to do, but it it keeps us also fulfilled, knowing that we're making a difference, be it very little, very minute, but it it matters. I love it, Amber. As as you're saying, what I'm hearing is you're basically you're living your purpose all the way through because you are giving more voice to those with a strong voice in order to feed the voice of the, the people voices. that don't have a voice yeah, so that you can absolutely. kind of like hit it from both ends. And I think that's a, yeah. that's a really, really beautiful strategy. And I love it. Yeah. Is there, do you have any questions for me? Is there any, is there anything that you've, that, that, that you've been wanting to like work through or any, any anything like that? I mean, I know, I, I know what you do and the amazing work that you, but I, I would love to know that how the, the I, I don't know some of the backstory of why you started this, but like, how do you, how do you see it? How, what difference are you, you know, with your podcasting and with yeah. your um, networking philosophy, what difference are you trying to make? I love that question. Listen, I, it, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? Like my aha moment came at my brother's funeral, 1200 people show up and after a really, really rough two years, I look around this Catholic church that, you know, I've had my issues with for quite a long time. And I thought that, man, this is, this is my community. And these last two years were horrible, but they were made much easier because of this community. And this moment is the worst, but it's, bearable because of this community. And if community can be this value in this hardest time, this is what we need to provide for people. And as I started just thinking more and more of that stuff, you know, A, materialized as a business model. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Organized religion is a, is a business model that sells community. That's interesting. Right. And then I was like, oh, and so does Harley Davidson. And so does uh, Apple. And, you know, but to me, we're headed towards this moment right? 
the combination of humans living longer, the issues that we're creating in the climate, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're all they're all forcing the idea mm-hmm. that we're going to densify, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna we're gonna get closer together, no matter what, because we only live in this globe, regardless of 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 however you think the problem is coming from. And the history of of humankind is that whenever different cultures have to like forcibly come together, there's war, there's death, there's there's a lot of really horrible things that happen. And be it because of climate change or not, my belief in community is the idea that the more different you are from me, the more valuable you are for me because I can learn from you and you've done stuff that I've never even heard of and that's going to help me. So, you know, my why, my my whole impetus of this thing is proving that the person across from you is somebody to value more so than fear. And it's even more important if they're more different than you, because if not, we're just, we're going to, we're going to end up in like Syrian crisis after Syrian crisis. Like this is coming. Right. And, and that was a really ugly thing that happened in the world when we just didn't want to accept these people that were displaced for whatever reason. And I just, I, I see that as really key to humanity moving forward in some kind of like positive way. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Accepting each other despite our differences because, because you made a very, very good point is because we, we have so much to learn from each other. There's always something to learn from each other. Our life is constantly an ending process. We don't know half of the shit. And the more people we meet, the the more different they are, the more there is to learn from them. And we should be learning because that's called growth, you know? (laughs) And without growth, well, you know what happens. You become a miserable, mean person (laughs) and a dark one too, probably. Yeah, yeah. Listen, what you just said is it, right? Like it's, it's the idea that we all have something to learn from each other, yeah. right? Like there's this, there's this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that hit me really deeply when that, when I first read it, that he wrote this thing that is in my walks, every man I meet is in some way my superior and in that I can learn from him. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think of this idea, what we're saying, everybody has something that I can learn from. And I think of what you and I do, the idea that we help people make content and spread it around because it is showcasing that thing that somebody learned on their walk that you may or may not have experienced. Mm. And I just think it's a, it's a systematic way to make the world better, right? Like helping people make content. If we can flip the script from, you know, this is something that people are, it's a megaphone for bad people to persuade you about something bad and or unhappy people to complain and flip the script to, this is a megaphone for each of us to be able to learn from and have others learn from you, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this is what it is, right? It's mentorship yeah. at scale. It's mentorship. And it, it applies everywhere. I remember, you know, and, and, and sports people do the same as, as in my youth, I played a lot of sports. I, I still do, but not as much. And I remember that even as a child, when I was an amateur playing badminton, I would want to play with, with, with the champions, right? Knowing I would pop, I would for sure lose and the score would be like 12 to zero, right? But the, but the idea was that I wanted to learn from the best, the people who already knew more than me, a lot more than me, right? I, playing with, 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 the, with my peers was just practice, but I wasn't learning much, right? And the same principle applies everywhere in life as you grow and in business is the same and in relationships. I mean, that was a key relationship lesson for me, by the way. <laughs> huge, huge. All right. Let's end the show on, on a, on a question from Jessica Lally. 
I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Jessica, from our our our, our peak community brethren. Oh yeah, um, hey Jessica. Hey Jessica, <laughs> she says I've been compiling a list of my favorites, my favorite things that could be interesting or helpful to other. What are your favorite blogs, podcasts, and speakers, Jessica Lally? Oh, like Valley, Jessica Lally. Got it. Yeah. All right, cool. So what are your what are your favorite you know what are your favorite blogs, podcasts, and speakers right now, Amber? Oh, for me, I mean, when it comes to marketing, I love everything Content Marketing Institute, you know, they put out <laughs> their their newsletters, their blog, their podcasts. I, it's just, again, it's because I want to learn. Like, you know, I want to stay on top of what's happening, what's current, what's trend, uh, what's trending. Other than that, I'm, I'm much more of to read rather than listen to podcasts. And because I, 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 I have to, you know, some people can, you know, they listen and it makes more sense. I have to actually see the words, yeah. <laughs> read for me to be uh, able to understand and, and comprehend the message. So, I mean, among books, I got, I mean, I, I love Secrets of Divine. Um by a helva this is just a personal development book it's not nothing to do with business or <laughs> marketing and patience and gratitude by aljosia oh my god there's so many i <laughs> keep on going muhammad by martin links beautiful 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 work karen armstrong wrote the same wrote a book with the same title as well but if, it, if we're talking about business ultimate sales machine by Chet Holmes, one of the earliest business books I, I read. Good sales lessons in there. Built to Sell, I think. There was another one by, forgotten the author's name. Built to Sell. Anyway. That's a lot. That's a lot. We got it. By the way, I'm going to introduce you to Amanda Holmes, Chet's daughter, who's right now writing. She's she's already done with the second uh, version of the Ultimate Sales Machine that she's releasing later this year. Oh, wow. She's, she's become a close friend of mine. So she oh, can wow. have her on the show. She's awesome. Oh my God, um, that's awesome. Jessica, I would say if you want my opinion too, I'm going to just throw it out there. Um, <laughs> my, my favorite, favorite blog is by a mile because I don't really read any other blogs, Category Pirates. I'm obsessed with it, right? Like I, I think category design is this like completely revolutionary concept that has completely changed the way that I look at the world. So naturally play bigger as the book and Category Pirates. Podcasts that I listen to the most, for marketing stuff, I listen to a lot of Chris Walker's State of Demand Gen, right? Like yeah. that, that's really, really uh, taught me a lot there. Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, yeah. I freaking love, right? Yeah. Like she has- Brene Brown is awesome. She's the best. She's incredible. Yeah. And yeah. what was the other? It was podcast, blogs, and speakers. And as far as speakers go, man, I, I really do love this Robin Treat guy, right? This this FBI, this FBI oh, yeah. negotiator that, you know, his story is that he was like this like Naval Academy hardo. And then like went into the FBI, just, you know, kind of, yeah, Robin Dreek, I'll spell it out. Robin, D-R-E-E-K-E. Code of Trust and Sizing People Up are his two books. He's great. And he just was this like hard charging alpha personality that would just like kind of like over command everybody and then realize that really the path to leadership and relationship building and everything is what we're talking about, right? Like aligning with people, setting common goals, things of that sort. I think he's, he's spectacular. So we yeah. will make that a micro piece of content, add some yeah. value, tag a bunch of people in it. And yeah. that's cool. Amber. If, if yeah. I could recommend, because Jessica asked for it, one TED talk, which is um, by Mesun Zayed. And the TED talk is titled, I got 99 problems, but Pel- Pelsey is just one of them. It's one of the funniest TED Talks, but also with beautiful message to go with it. But for me, it's my favorite TED Talk. It's called I Got 99 Problems. 
All right, cool. I'm in. I'm going to, so we'll, we'll, we'll put this all in the show notes and everything. Amber, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. Super, super fun. You know, you, you show up, you have this like very, very positive kind of like energy that comes out of you, right? Like it's, it's very easy to see you on a screen and see that big smile and see your energy and, and kind of like want to know what you're saying. And I'm just, I feel really, really lucky that we get to share the peak community that's been able to introduce us. I love that you and Kalima are working together. You're two of my favorite people inside that community and in marketing and what you're all doing. So I'm just really, really grateful that we got to officially make some content together oh, and, yes. uh, and, 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 and share you with my audience and, uh, oh, yeah, and, and get course. to know you a little bit better. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank everybody who joined this, you know, because without them, this, you know, this would be no fun. And so, so, you know, I'm very grateful that you all showed up and hopefully it was worth it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Listen, Don, Don got a breakthrough over the call. Yeah. Right? Right, we got it. So, all right. Yes. I echo that sentiment, right. For the, the last three people in the house, we got Jen still here. We got Jessica still here. We got Colleen still here. The fact that you're here an hour later, man, it means the world to me yeah. and, 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 and to Amber, it's amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And all right, this is my last uh, live show of the year. So I'm going to be oh. releasing some pre-recorded stuff and back <laughs> on late January. So see you later, Amber. Thank you. Good. All right, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you got a bunch of value out of it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me if you reached out to our guest and let them know what you learned, what you thought about it. Everything that you need to connect with them is going to be in the show notes. And on top of that, why don't you double up and reach out to me? I'd love to hear from you. It really is why I do this is so that I can meet awesome people. I would love to hear from anybody that you think should be on this podcast, including yourself, about how you build world-class relationships, how you create community, how you lead companies in this relationships over transactions methodology. And if you believe in that stuff, that is what we're doing at my company, Be The Stage. You can check it out at bethestage.live. But the Cliff Notes version is, we've learned that most companies know that they need to be making content and they know that they really want to drive a community. But where do you start with that stuff? The best way to start doing that is to create an internet talk show because it allows you to create a strategic relationship with a guest one-to-one while you create strategic relationships with the audience one-to-few. And then when we repurpose the show for you and spread it out all over social media, you're creating relationships one-to-many. It is the ultimate relationship-driven growth engine to feed your entire pipeline marketing team and customer success. What companies call their go-to-market strategy can now be driven by community. If you're interested in that, go to bethestage.live, check it out, reach out to me. I would love to create an internet talk show just for you. Now, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to take a play out of the book of one of my heroes, Christopher Lockhead, the godfather of category design, co-author of my favorite business book, Play Bigger, and my favorite newsletter, Category Pirates, which I'm going to link in the show notes because I think you should subscribe. It's the smartest thing basically in the world. 
Anyways, at the end of his podcast, which is Follow Your Different, he always shouts out and gives a roll call to people that he thanks. And I want to do that too. I want to thank my team at Be The Stage. I want to thank JP, who is the editor of this content, the guy that makes all the cool micro content and makes everything look cool. Joanna, who distributes a lot of the stuff. She writes a lot of the descriptions. Nicola, who is... Uh, My buddy that I've been mentoring for a couple of years out of Bulgaria, a really bright 15-year-old kid that writes a lot of the captions on social media. Marge, who is always keeping track of everything. She is the executive assistant of the dreams that all come true. Gina, who is a world-class integrator. She is our COO. She is the one that is just making all the processes happen. Whenever I say something, she designs a way to make it happen. It's incredible. My business partner, Isar, who with Without him, none of this stuff could be possible. That guy is the best. He's got an awesome podcast. It's called the Business Growth Accelerator. You should totally check that out. I want to thank my parents. They're my inspiration. They're the best. My family, I love them to pieces. My wife, Marta, who is my muse and my inspiration for everything. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, go do it now. But before you do that, if you haven't checked out either episode 7 or episode 69, those are my 2019 and 2020 last call tracks where I give this like rapping, talking, motivational speech over like a really cool beat. It's actually the beat that I have on this podcast right now that I had custom produced by my guy, Michael out of Russia, who's a sick beat producer. Check that stuff out. That is the origin story of my business, the origin story of what I'm up to. And it's really what I am most proud of. Episode seven, episode 69 of this podcast. Hope to see you on the next one. Hit me up on social media. I love you. Don't forget relationships over transactions. That is the way that you win. It's a long game. Human beings are happiest when they're in service. So serve others and you will be able to open any door that you ever wanted. Never forget that. If you don't know how to serve others, everybody needs an extra cheerleader. Cheer for people. Be invested in their future. See what you can do for them. It all comes back in the long run. I really hope you reach out to me. I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you achieve your dreams. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome rest of your day.